Volcathos, I have never prayed to you before. I ask you, grant me one request. Improve my MMR. This is core. Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Core, uh, the Heroes of the Storm podcast that you've all been waiting for an entire week since we last did this. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. We are here to bring you the latest and the greatest in both uh, news, information, and commentary about your favorite MMO. Nope, uh, MOBA is the word I meant to say. Heroes of the Storm. Although I would play a Heroes of the Storm MOBA, I would, or uh, MMO, I mean. I would play that. If they wanted yeah. to go full MMO with this, and uh, I don't know how you'd do that. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but I would play that. That'd be no problem. Uh, I mean, they're almost there. We're playing Murky and Warcraft. They had Treasure Goblins in this last expansion. Sure. They basically, the Nexus is coming to World of Warcraft. That's a good point. Uh, quests. We've got a lot of quests now. Uh, in fact, I'm sure uh, if you wanted to get a few quests off a of Thrall, he'd be glad to give a couple up because he's got a whole bunch there. He'd be happy to share those. Lots of them. Yeah. Quest for day. I like it. Uh, let's get to it. So, hey, we're back, everybody. Thanks for being here. Interesting uh, thing happened this week. At least I think so. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but kind of out of nowhere, a whole bunch of the 2018 roadmap stuff hit the PTR. And I didn't think we were going to see most of this until next year, if not all of it. So when I heard, and we'll get to all of this in, in its individual packaging, but the stealth changes and... Uh, the changes to uh, what else? There was some other big stuff. Oh, uh, the the battleground objective timers, all the changes, camera height, being able to zoom way out on John's already cheating monitor that he has. Uh, all those things I thought were not happening. So I, I had no expectation for it. It feels like an early Christmas present. It's not on the public stuff yet, but we assume probably Tuesday or do we think longer? Actually, December 12th. Oh, we have a date. They say Put the 12th stamp on it. December 12th. Did they say that or did you, is that just your pick? I'm saying that, but they have strongly alluded to it. They've right. said that PTR ends December 11th. Okay. So in various <laughs> articles. So, so we're assuming December 12th, even though they haven't come out and I think put that date on anything. Okay. So, well, yeah. I was, was I the only one surprised to see all this stuff this week or am I crazy? Did I miss an announcement? Cause I swear I didn't know this was all happening like Tuesday. I, mean, I forgot the, that it was a Monday. Yeah. But I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. So they did they yeah. say this was all coming? Did, how did I miss this? They yeah, said. I think it was mentioned in various spots that uh, the stuff would be in before the end of the year, for the most part. Like MMR, the MMR changes were next season. The stealth thing and the bat map changes were a little up in the air. But when they said three-week PTR, I assumed it's for most of this stuff because they don't do more than one-week PTR for just hero releases. Yeah. So yeah. deep system changes means extended PTR. That and they can, you know, weasel around the American holiday a little bit this week and not have to have something on Tuesday uh, with maybe not all hands on deck. So that part makes sense. But I had no idea we were going to get this stuff early. So even if it was just in my own little bubble of ignorance, I am really happy <laughs> that that stuff's already floating around out there and that we're going to get a, a big chunk of what they talked about at BlizzCon much earlier than I had anticipated uh so yeah there it is now i haven't had a chance to get in there and, and dink around with it at all so we'll talk about all of that 
We'll talk about that new camera height and how it makes John the biggest cheater in the game that we've ever seen, ever. Uh, things like that. <laughs> or anybody, I guess, with a 36-inch wide monitor um, and whether or not that really is a thing or not. We'll talk about it. Before we get all uh, to that, something they brought up at BlizzCon a couple of times, and um, I feel like when John and I were in that interview with Claudio, there was maybe some reference to this again, but they they have made it clear that they have designs or ideas on how they could make the Nexus story an actual story, how they could expand on what's already happening in the Nexus and take us to new places and add lore to the game. And um, we don't know what that means, but we, we think that could mean a hero that's not from another game. It could be a return to those big space night guys. What were they, what were they before the game uh, was Blizzard Dota and it changed? They were two oh, yeah, big... it was like uh, chess. It was like a giant chess board. Yeah, with two big lord dudes that were like kings of the chess board on each side. And, and I don't know what their deal was, but they, they weren't from other games. They were like some kind of omnipotent titan-type creatures that, that, that are basically responsible for the Nexus being what it is. At least that was the thinking at the time. And then that completely went away. So in theory, we could find out who's running this show, who's doing this right now. Um, and that's interesting to me, but I'm curious what you guys would like to see with that. The idea first, let's just explore this idea of brand new hero that comes to the game, a playable hero that is not from any existing blizzard IP. And you, you could argue that the reason that heroes of the storm exists is because blizzard has all the IPs and the wherewithal to put them into one game and make them playable. And that's the main reason it exists as a game. Uh, they didn't have to invent anything new. They brought all their real characters from World of Warcraft and beyond. Uh, unlike Dota and these others where they kind of had to fake it and sort of have characters that are reminiscent of what happened in Warcraft 3. But, you know, for legal and other reasons, they, they have moved away from that. And now they're just kind of archetypes. Whereas Blizzard's got the real thing. It's actual Illidan. It's actual Arthas. It's real Tyrael. So that's already a thing. Bringing somebody in that's completely new and unrelated seems dangerous. Not Maybe not dangerous isn't the right word, but it seems like a scary precedent to set. Do they do it as a one-off? What kind of character is this thing? Do they ever do another one? Does it depend on how popular it is? And lots of questions I have about that. So I guess let's just throw it around. John, uh, what do you think of that? This This one core idea of them bringing in a hero that is not... Uh, that is Nexus born and comes from nowhere else in Blizzard's uh, IPs. It's kind of a, a mix for me because on the one hand, I think it's cool. I think it could be potentially neat to blaze our own trail, have something that's uniquely ours. I mean, right now, when you go to BlizzCon and you see art for all the games, you basically have characters that are in Heroes of the Storm and characters that aren't. And other than that, you know, there's nothing really unique unless they go with a skin that's unique to the game or something like that mm -hmm. and i think it would be cool to have something that you know we can identify and say hey that's ours but i think the problem where it gets tricky is you've got a lot of people out there that want to see a lot of heroes in the game you know they hold in their heart of hearts this game will not be complete until x is added to the game and then all of a sudden you put a character in that's not only not one of those characters, but not a character from any property. And I think you have a lot of people going, well, geez, we have time to make up heroes, but they can't even get 
my shadow song in there or something like that. You know, that's a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. But that said, I mean, we have kind of these interesting things that we've touched on. Like, I think a character that's the avatar of the Raven Lord would be awesome to see in the game. Like, let's see who that guy is. Let's see what he's up to. Let's see what he can do. He's so quick to make fun of us for picking talents. Let's get him on the battlefield and beat him up. Mm. How do you feel about, um, I like your heads out on this, but how do you feel about the other, who's the other guy? The, the, the gravekeeper? The gravekeeper. He could do uh, it F, too. F the gravekeeper. <laughs> All right. How about the plant lady who's always talking? Want her in there? No. No. Okay. Nope. Just the Raven Lord. Just I the think Raven it's Lord. Just the Raven Lord. Who, who's the one? Um, uh, oh, oh. Uh, what about uh, Blackheart? He's got a gift for you and all that. Would he be fun? Oh, Blackheart would be pretty. It's a good. GIF. It's a GIF. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a GIF for you. Uh, what do you? Yeah, a gift. Uh, don't don't re-gift this Christmas, everybody. So so Bo. Uh, same question. Like, what do you want out of that idea? If there is such a thing happening, uh, I, original hero, I really like because I feel like it's really going to free them up creatively uh, on the mechanic side of things. So I'm all for them doing a top down. Like, if you think about the Overwatch heroes, they start with a blank canvas, and yes, they have to meld in a lot of different aspects of lore, art, and and whatever. But they're kind of at liberty to say game. I assume gameplay first. Like, is this hero going to be really fun? And I feel sometimes, well, Alex being kind of an example of it, Alex Straza, who came in, I feel like, I feel like, I have, anyways, I feel like there's challenges there with her being a dragon, but her being a healer, mm -hmm. it really is kind of, it kind of sucks, to, in my view, that it's a healer that gets to be a dragon and not someone that's going to rip your face off, but that's Alex Straza. Mm -hmm. If you're going to bring Alex Straza in, you know, that's kind of the treatment they have to have. And I think it's just good to free themselves up. I don't particularly care who it is, but when they talk, when you talk about having original characters in this game, I think of like how the Hearthstone trailer happened, not at BlizzCon, but at Gamescom this year. I think that's where that was released, mm -hmm. and it sort of seemed to introduce new characters or make characters out of cards and memes for Hearthstone. That I think that there's some depths to be mined here. That there there could be an overarching lore, and we could see some original characters. And I'm super all for it okay so i think we i mean we probably all agree that it seems like a pretty cool idea and we'd like to see what that ends up meaning um some would argue that that a moba is not a fertile place for a full-blown story but like league of legends have been they've been carving out their lore uh from their characters well, overwatch for a while. is doing it like overwatch i mean I, if it, you think of yeah. overwatch as a moba they're nailing it mm -hmm. let's bring let's bring some of that let's get a let's get a hero short can you imagine Instead of getting an Overwatch short, we got a Heroes of the Storm short. Yeah, see, that'd be pretty cool. What all about that? So, what if? Um, all right, let me think here. What if they're not any of these characters we've talked about? What if it's just they will now have creative license to build a character from whole cloth and say uh, the game's balance currently needs some kind of hybrid support? I don't know what thing. And in, in the game currently, there's sure a lot of characters to choose from. And, you know, we'd go with that Maiev Shadow Song if we could, but she's got that damn shower curtain thing, and we think that's a problem, so we can't bring her in the game yet. So they're going back to the to the drawing board. Are we going to be okay with them making just anything out of nothing? Like, can they just well, make it? They're a... just like, here comes Splood. 
the, the newest <laughs> Careful guy. now. Careful now. Splood. No, I'm all for Splood. What is Splood's abilities? Let's talk about it. What does Splood do? He rolls around the battlefield. He looks vaguely like a water balloon. Uh, yeah. a, a half inflated water balloon. All right. But a little reservoir uh, on the balloon or no? Okay. Yeah. No. Great. No. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. I'm making make sure I hear this right. Yeah. So, so the great Splood comes to the ne- to the Nexus. Now, that's fine. <laughs> but that's that's fine and all. But think about it for a second. The reason we get excited about all these other characters coming to the game is because we're like, yeah, dude, I know who uh, Hanzo is. He's one of those brothers, and they fight a lot, and and he's interesting for all these ten reasons, and. I'm sure glad Alex Straz is in the game because look at her story and her background and her personality and all that. Blizzard's so much about that backstory. So if they did do this, they would have to go, they'd almost, well, to, to, to be consistent with what they've been in the past, they'd almost have to go full Overwatch approach, which is really well thought out characters, give them some lore and background before you launch them. Like they'd have to add an extra tier to this that right now they don't have to worry about. Like right now, they don't have to really educate me on who Arthas is or who, you know, uh, some of these characters are. Now, maybe we're getting into that that area where they're a little more obscure than they used to be. Like, I don't I don't know about most WoW players, but if you're like an average MMO player and you really dabbled into WoW, but you really didn't understand what was going on or didn't stay very long, you don't know who Alex Draza is, really. You don't right. really know who that is. And if you're really casually playing Diablo 3, I'm sure Ariel is somebody's fa- best friend, but you don't really think about her in a way that's that's meaningful the way you do with Tyrael or or some of the the class characters. So I think it's a challenge and I and I, I know, and I don't want to over under over or undersell it, but I think it would be tricky for them. I think I mean they'd have to kind of go the realm of Overwatch where you kind of start teasing it a little bit long before you hear about them. So, you know, a match starts and Uther, you know, is like Diablo, your great evil but not as bad as Splood. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, who's Splood? What, what is this? This is uh, someone worse than Diablo. I need to know more about this. Yeah. And then maybe there's a Splood spray. And no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> there's no Splood spray. Take that back. Boat, and people boat, are like, boat, who boats. is that? Is that Splood? And then Reddit explodes. We want Splood. When it when is Splood coming to the game? And then oh eventually it happens. Yeah. All right. I have a scenario I'd like to play with a little bit here, real quick. It's called "What if Splood joined the Nexus? What kind of letter might go home to a certain somebody to let her know that everything's okay?" Oh, my dearest Martha, I'm writing you this letter today because, well. Splood told me to. <laughs> Who's Splood, you say? Only the hottest new hero to hit Heroes of the Storm, Martha. I mean, you haven't heard of Splood? His DPS is off the charts. You're gonna wanna drop a lot of gems on Splood. Martha, Splood could defeat Diablo all by himself. He's really quite good. In addition to that, Splood once saved an orphanage. How many orphanages have you saved, Martha? None. Anyway, I think I'll keep this letter brief, because I want to go back to the mess hall and eat with my good friend Splood. He's the greatest champion this world has ever known. Splood is available in the Blizzard store, Martha, for only $10 worth of gems. I don't know how much that is. It's an amount. 
Yours in this life and hanging out with Sprood, Reggie Man, 32. <laughs> All right, Sprood. Sprood has challenges and it could be interesting, but I don't think we're going to get Sprood. But, but, but. Now that we've like, <laughs> we've gone deep on Sprood here, I've got to shout out the chat room for coming up with his, uh, Arch nemesis, which is Smegma. Oh, great, Smegma! <laughs> can someone? Can we? Do we don't want to talk about Splood's kit, do we? We don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no. All right, too much. All right. Yeah, it's great though. That's a great dear Martha. <laughs> Wicked kitten has a good point. Martha has too many husbands. All right. Uh, yeah, so none of them are keepers. No, you no, no. Play. Yeah. Now for uh for things like maps and other modes and things, I mean, when you think about story and lore, you mostly think about, I don't know single player pve or pv yeah pve type style content and we don't mean uh you know one of bo's least favorite heroes in the bottom lane throwing giant balls at people we don't mean that kind of pve but like straight up story stuff do you guys think the game would benefit from a like a i don't know what you'd call it like a kind of a cooperative pve element that meant you had to do a little bit of story stuff and maybe a little questing together and a little bit of boss fighting that kind of thing and not have it be PvP all the time in order to explore this lore? Or do you think they, like Overwatch, they don't need it? I think, to me at least, that's the that's what makes the most sense. Because the new hero, like I said, it's got that downside of, oh, this is a character I don't know when I could have gotten a character I do know. But you put in a cool single-player mode where, oh, a portal ripped open and Zerg are invading the Nexus. We got to all band together to fight wave after wave of crazy Zerg. Uh, that, you know, is a, a way to put in a fun mode that they can tell a story around. They can, you know, explain a little bit of what the Nexus is. And it would be a nice substitute for some of these brawls, which I haven't been participating in each week because they're just kind of on rotation and the reward isn't very good. Right. So it, I think they could do some cool things with it. And Allied Commanders is, you know, very popular. They're still releasing Commanders for that thing. And it's not a far stretch to imagine doing something similar in this game as a mode for the AI folks and to do, what is it, ARG? Is that where they release things? But like you could you could tease a hero through a, uh, is what is, what is it, storytelling in these modes. Mm. I don't know. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I'd be interested to see what it looks like. There are other games doing this. Like, for example... Um... Oh, what's the game? I, my brain just went dead on the game. The one that we, John, we've talked about this game before because we own it. Uh, it's the one with the running around and the stuff in it. Uh, oh, that one. Shoot. What's it called? The one that I've been playing. Battle, cha- uh, ba- no, battle, battle. Battle right. Battle, battle right. right. Battle right. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, battle the right. The one with the running. The one with the running. Uh, it's it, the game that plays a little bit like kind of WoW PvP, kind of a WASD thing, but it's also a little mobile-ish. Uh, it's got some some you know things that are very uh, arena shooter and that's all sort of combined together and it's a pretty cool little game it just came out of early access and is now a full-blown free-to-play thing and um the, in that game they've introduced this very thing they have a mode in there that just lets you go in and experience some story content and some boss content and the theory is that that also helps you hone skills and you know, learn how to use your abilities. And maybe that game benef- benefits from it more given that it's kind of an arena shooter and less of a, of a lane game the way that, um, the way that Heroes is. So, so I'm not sure it works exactly the same. But the idea is 
you'd have chunks of content that are that are compelling and interesting and fun and have some sort of reward to it. Um, but it's purely based, you know, it's purely for for story and being invested in that world. I think that's possible. That's something they could do. The problem is once you're done with that, you're done with that. And yeah. that doesn't seem like something Blizzard wants to spend a ton of time with. Um, they they like repeatable experiences. They like stuff that is um uh you know kind of evergreen and not not do it once and never look at it again um i'm convinced the reason they canceled that old warcraft adventures game and even possibly the uh the nova game what was it called starcraft ghost yeah i think those games got canceled because those were so linear and when you were done you were done that they didn't that's why they ended up canning that stuff now i can't speak to titan obviously that was very much multiplayer focused and there's probably a whole different list of reasons but I have to think that has something to do with those other games going away. And and why? Well, they would really like some kind of end game to everything they make, whatever it is. And Diablo has been one of their more interesting challenges to figure that out. And so they've built an end game around that that is kind of non-conventional and weird. And they've had to experiment with it over time. But the seasons thing is kind of their answer over there. In World of Warcraft, it's, you know, raiding and dailies and all the stuff it's always been about. And even in StarCraft, you beat the campaign, you're probably not going to go beat the campaign again unless you're a sucker for achievements and really want to like pound through that stuff twice or three times. But really, it's about endgame and these modules they've been adding. All of that being said, Heroes doesn't have that problem because it's it's like Overwatch PvP right out the gate. And that is the endgame. It's the beginning, middle, and endgame. So I don't know if they, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if they want to invest in that, but I would love it if they did because I'd play the hell out of that. I think that'd be fun. Uh, yeah. I'd argue that StarCraft 2 is a primarily PvP-focused game with a super robust single-player experience, but the game is really its PvP, I think, at its core, like the core coolness of it. Mm-hmm. And and that, like I said, that Allies Commanders is kind of this nice thing where there is an audience for people to come in and play that game single-player. And it has story and it's repeatable. I play the same missions over and over again. They're fun. So I don't know. I think I think there's always because I think in StarCraft you're like, oh, let me do my build order that much better this next time around. Yeah, it's kind of fun to practice that. And I think people who play AI and heroes, mm-hmm. I know when I played a lot of AI, I was trying to perfect my Illidan play. Um, so I think there's space. I think there's space to say, like, if you look at the pull party that we had in Heroes. A lot of the cases for that were made that this teaches you how to dodge and this teaches you how to hook. So rather than make it a PvP experience, is there some way that we can teach or let players practice mechanics, maybe even macro mechanics, but do it in a fun narrative way and make it repeatably fun? So I'm going to play a couple of games of this mission this week because it's it's actually kind of fun and I'm actually kind of getting better at the game doing it. Mm. I kind of like that as an objective for the game. Like. I th- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. I I think it could be cool. You know, they've they've alluded to some story with Gul'dan trying to steal the power of the Nexus, right? Like, what if they did a massive battle against Gul'dan as he's absorbing power, and they make it like a raid boss encounter in WoW? Like, they say, okay, these are the four heroes we're doing this week, so they know what heroes you're gonna have. Four or five? I don't know why I picked four. Um, they know what heroes you're gonna have. So they can tailor the boss's abilities to where you have to use your your powers smart to avoid damage that's going down on the ground, to avoid attacks, to mitigate damage, to heal through maybe moves that he throws at you, 
and it makes you work together as a team and you learn team fight mechanics without even realizing that you're working on it. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, someone in the chat room just called them disguised training missions. And that is kind of what we're talking about. That was Sitton, Texas, by the way, uh, who said that. Uh, somebody else, JM Kisser 33 says, wow, is Star Trek a more fl- uh, Star Trek Starcraft 2 more fleshed out? I think he means fleshed out. Anyway, fleshed out as a game of then Heroes of the Storm because it has such a deep campaign. Um, I don't know if fleshed out's the term I would use, but there's more value there. But I would also side with Bo on the reason that that robust campaign exists is because A, Blizzard thinks story and character development matters. And I agree with them. Um, and this is a way to do it, but also it's a way to teach you how to play StarCraft too, so that when you get done with it, yes. you're in the mood mm-hmm. to keep playing and go go for it. And that's true of the of the co-op stuff that's there now in as Endgame as well. Like, it trains you how to play. You start very small, you build a couple of barracks as a Terran, uh, you make pretty easy units, you move them around, you kill stuff, you're like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this, then you deal with upgrades, then you deal with, deal with support buildings, more advanced units. I mean, that's how they train you to be an RTS player. There's something to be said for that in a MOBA as well. Um, I think the dynamics of a MOBA are different, though. I don't know why. They just feel different to me. So if what we're asking for is just a more fleshed out, is the word I'm looking for here, version of what the tutorial used to be with, you know, Jim Rayner going, what the hell is this place? And him and uh, uh, what's his name going, oh, don't worry, you're in good hands here. Like that whole thing which was short and dumb. Could they take that and make that into something special? Not just as an introductory tutorial, but like a fully, you know, jazzed out, cool story. And you could do some stuff, man. Like imagine the fan service you could give. Start that thing out with, I don't know, Rainer or some lame character. I don't know. Wow. Well, you know really? what I mean? You know what I mean? Like a Coming basic. down on Rainer this episode. Yeah, <laughs> meaning he sucks. A, base, a basic character. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, you're talking about a new character. An, an sure. introductory easy character they're labeled as easy in the store like when you play even even hearthstone has more it's it's still a tutorial yeah it's still a tutorial but jaina walks you through the stuff so why not have a thing where it's it's vala or it's rainer or somebody like that and but it's very story driven it's like what is this befoulment of the thing Enter the cave and let's blah 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 and you go in there and you and you kill stuff and use your abilities and you do your things and then suddenly out of the ground crawls, you know, a Zeratul who was beamed in is like, I don't know how I got here. What the hell is this place? And then now you're buddying it up and you get to control each of them and swap, maybe swap between them at will. And, and then you could just fan service that thing straight to the end, have as many characters make cameo appearances as you want and have, you know, like you said, bosses could end up being like fat Asmodan, like really blown up version of Asmodan in the middle of a, of a thing where it's like, oh, I don't know what this place is, but, I'm super pissed and I'm dressed in a basketball outfit. Right. And you could just have some fun with it. Yeah. So anyway, I think there's, there's, there's things to teach how to do skill shots, how to dodge things. There's all kinds of stuff in the game that they could make into missions. We'll see what they do. Very excited about the the possibilities. And that's going to take probably most of next year for us to see what it means, but we'll find out soon enough. Let's talk about this PTR. Uh, Again, the estimated launch is December 12th or 11th is when they say it ends. And there are some pretty big updates coming in there. Let's start with everyone's favorite new idea, the new camera height. The camera is now pulled out some percentage higher than it used to be. And 
while I have not fiddled in the PTR at all this week, uh, John, I know you have. I've seen screenshots. And you, in your super 21 by 3 uh, monitor aspect ratio, seem to have quite the bird's eye view right now. It's pretty good. I can see, basically, if I stand in Dragonshire right at the middle, mm -hmm. I can see a nice little gap behind each of the walls if I'm centered on my character on, on both sides. Uh, it has adjusted the game considerably for me. I would say this is about as small as I would be comfortable with the game getting uh, from my point of view. If they, if they zoomed it out again... I would probably have to do something with my resolution because it would then we'd be dealing with too small of characters for clicking abilities, aiming skill shots, things like that. This is about where I can still feel comfortable, but I tried out the new Nova earlier and I noticed, oh man, that's a pretty thin line I'm now aiming for skill shots. Uh, so it's it's not all good, but it's still pretty good. Okay, now have you tried it? on a more conventional resolution or just that widescreen business? I tried it at BlizzCon where it basically felt the way it originally felt for me when I was on the normal resolution, but on my new monitor. So basically when I got the new monitor, it feels like what the standard resolution will now feel like when it changes. Okay. So Bo, we so have now, that, Bo and I have that to look forward to with our 16 by nine uh, slumming we're doing over here. Well, yeah. well, I I tried the PTR and I have an opinion. Okay, let's hear. I want to give. Yeah. I don't like it. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I don't like it. I'm actually kind of irritated by this change now that I've tried it out. Okay, what? Well, let's too, break it down. Too small. Too small. It's too small. Okay, it's so is, is it not? It's not so. So neither of you are saying that it's a problem uh, for dis or for um, vision. Like vision's not being affected that much because a there's still fog of war and you can't see where people are without vision revealing. But right. but the, you're saying the problem is um, it's just made everything small. I mean, is it just because yeah. our eyes suck or what's well? Bo? Let me let me list them out. I've thought about this. So more visual information, it's great. And there's a lot of abilities that span. You know, if you play Chromie or Genji or one of these guys, like if you're Ragnaros and want to see farther, it is nice to see more of the screen. But point one, you see less of the characters. The characters look cool, and now they're harder to see. I think that sucks. I think I just I patently just blows. I actually think the the way it was was good. And well, the other no. thing is that that oh you wanna you wanna retort? I just want to <laughs> tell you about the invention called the mouse wheel. Yeah. And that you just need to push it up once. And I my, I have it turned off of my mouse wheel because the last thing I want in the middle of the game is for my zoom. I d d. He took that off the mouse. Well, is it an analog roll? Like uh, what I mean by yeah, that is, yeah. But if you if you accidentally flick it, it'll it'll move it around. So I took it off. I don't want no accidents on that front. So that's what, actually gone. But what I mean is from the from the previous maximum, which which now is some sort of middle ground. If I you zoom can. out, can I zoom out from that like binarily and just be either that or the next resolution that's the maximum? Yeah, or? yeah. If you don't want it zoomed all the way out, you don't have to. That previous zoom level, I think, is still in the game. Yeah. But this is this is the arms race. But now I'm deliberately have less visual information on my screen, making it less competitive for me to play. So my preferred zoom level is not the um, not the biggest competitive edge. So I'm going to play at zoomed level, and I'm going to get I'm going to learn to like it. But I don't like. I think I think the zoom level where it was is just fine. 
people need to edge scroll better or to, to get around the camera. Well, okay, how about, how about this then? How about you... So this is where my head's out on this, and, and, and I hope I'm right, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong because you guys have had actual experience with it, and what Bo says concerns me a little bit. But let's say I bind to my X key. I know that's something else right now, but let's say I bind to my X key a toggle between the current zoom level and the maximum zoom level. So if I am uh, kind of out scouting, laning, whatever, I kind of like the idea of having a, a bigger view. Um, that's a great idea, uh, and so, but you can't. So there's no toggle button, I don't think. Well, yeah, and if and that's down. not in there, I, they need to consider that because that would make all the difference for me. Because if I could then hit X in a team fight or when things have gotten close quarters, and I can do that at will, I'm just sort of fighting. Hit X, boom! I've zoomed down a little bit. And it's, a, it's sort of a very quick transition, and now I'm fighting in the in the resolution I'm used to. And not only that, but the it's very easy to see where my skill shots are landing and all of that, and then. Wait, someone coming from the left? I don't know. Hit X real quick. Oh, yeah, he's right over there on the edge of the thing. Hit it again. Like, I'm cool with that. But it doesn't sound like that's how it's going to work, at least initially. Yeah, I mean, I have page up and page down right now. I'm sure I can bind them somewhere a little more convenient. Um, but I, I don't – I, I kind of want to stay at the same zoom level. A part of me is just like – I don't recall seeing – like, there are tons of threads about complaints about problems. I don't recall ever hearing that this was a problem. And I think we, a lot of the community reacted very positively to being able to see more. But I think it does a disservice to the character. I, I think the game looked good where it was. And uh, yeah, so mm. I'm just like, it's kind of a change for change sake, in my opinion, unless there's something coming down the line that I don't know about. Yeah. I don't know. And, I've uh, had four people in my Twitter feed say that this was a change they were waiting for. Mm. Okay. Well, I might be the only one, but uh, I think it's... I don't know. I think this is the opposite of exciting. This is just like, well, I have to get spent three years playing this game. Now I got to get used to everything being smaller. Uh, so that's an inconvenience and it doesn't do anything to make the game look better. Um, so it doesn't enhance my experience in any way. And I don't personally had never felt like I had a problem where like, I can't see, I need to see more screen to play better. I've never felt that way mm. at all. So it just, it does nothing. It's basically neutral in terms of, you know, whether this is good or bad. And I kind of don't like it. So maybe so. what I'll do is I'll toggle. I'll have X and C. I'm just thinking because Z is always my mount key. I'll do X and C as a toggle between the two. I'm planning ahead here. Yeah. And I don't think you need to that. plan ahead, Scott. Yeah. I think you're going to dig it. Okay. I think Bo's crazy. <laughs> I think, okay, well, I, it's, a, it's a matter of opinion. Like, I, there's no right answer. I don't like it. And you can't tell me otherwise. Right? No, I, I, you don't like it, and that's fine. I'm just, Scott's now over here doing math on how he's going to macro <laughs> his game. I don't think it's going to be necessary. I think, I no, think it, a lot of people are going to It makes the game look uglier. Like, mm. like, the point, the main point is the game looks worse. Mm. It's, it's like, I enjoy the sweet graphics of Blizzard games and the sweet animations. And now everything's super tiny, and it's lame. Like, I just, I don't like it. I like it when I'm spectating, because... When they do the esports stuff, they zoom out, but they zoom in. Yeah, but I, I can't see anything. I can't appreciate the the beauty of the game in the same way. I don't like it. Didn't that much. they say? Didn't they say that the or somebody said or maybe we just said that we thought that the zoom level, the new zoom level, was basically the same as the um uh thing they use in esports coverage, the whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, it's the first zoom level out. Okay. Yeah. So there's like uh yeah, there's a there's an even higher zoom in the obs. Yeah. But it's it's like I mean. If, they, if that's what they do next year at BlizzCon, I, I think I'm quitting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, how do I want to be in outer space playing the game? Come on, guys. Like, it's geez. Well, I mean, anyways, there's there's something uh, there's something I like about the idea of being able to go higher when I need it and go lower when I need it. So that's why I'm thinking about this toggle thing. Because, I respect everyone's opinion. It's right. just mine, and I'm sharing it. Right? And no, no, no. It's fair. It's fair enough. I'm sure there. I'm, I'm, there've got to be people that totally agree with you. We'll, we'll get lots of feedback on this, and I'm, I'm, I'm very yeah. curious about how this is going to go. So, let us know what you guys think. Chat room, uh, pipe in as well. Do you guys like it? You uh, have you been swayed by either, either of any of us today? And uh, what do you think you're going to do? Uh, Captain Logan says, "I like to play Dippin' Dots." So there you go. Sure. Already, <laughs> we've made a. <laughs> We've it's important. Made a, yeah, we've made a real uh, we've made a real change for somebody. I mean, Bo, is it, let me ask you this: You could set it so you never zoomed ever again. Yeah, that it stayed in. Yeah, yeah. but aren't you going to feel? See, this is where I think I'm I'm with you on part of this because you're going to feel like if you're not using it, then you are not using a feature that others might use to gain a competitive advantage. Who have you know these eighteen year olds with razor sharp twenty twenty vision or whatever. Yeah. Uh, who can yeah. see? It's like locking your camera. It's just, I played League of Legends. I locked my camera, and and everything I watched was like only noobs locked their camera. So I'm like, well, I got to do it now. Mm-hmm. So and that's just sort of the ethos when you're competing. You should try and take all the edges you can and learn, even though it's difficult. And this is something I can learn and I can play. I think the game doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I like looking at the map from a gameplay where I have tiny dots all over my screen. Because my, my monitor is 32 inches, and everything still looks kind of tiny. Mm. It's like I'm playing Starcraft. Like I just I think the actual original height was pretty bang on. So I'm not sure. I, I didn't really see a reasoning as to why we needed the zoom out. You know when they're like, we needed to change the way minions work because X, Y, and Z. There wasn't a, I don't remember call a good explanation. Like, there's a, there's a problem, and we listened to your feedback, and now we're solving this by moving the camera out. It's just... The camera's out. Unless I miss something. Like, I don't recall this being a solve to some big critical problem. They well, talked about it yeah. um, in one of the panels. And one of the things they didn't like, they actually used Dragonshire as an example. Or maybe it was, no, I think it was Dragonshire. Um, and they showed what a typical fight near the gate would look like. And they showed that people could be standing back and having a fight by the bush over by the shrine. And you couldn't see it from the gate. And they felt like it was too claustrophobic. So this was just an example that they threw out of like, hey, we think pulling the camera back and giving a little more visual information, we'd like this to be visible. Um, and they showed it as an example. Uh, I, you know, when I switched to the different monitor and I was able to view more, I liked that with this new change. I like this even better. Uh, I don't think the game looks worse for it. But again, that's personal taste i think the game looks just as good as it did i like having full information i like being in a place where i don't have to edge scroll and keep my character on the far left side to see the full distance of a chromie shot if i'm playing chromie mm-hmm. uh, because then people can sneak up behind me I, I like being able to be you know not necessarily dead center but i like being able to say okay i can see the full length of my skill shot I don't need to edge scroll before I fire it. I can just see it. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages in my opinion. I again, I'm not. I'm giving Bo a little crap because uh, he's coming down real hard on it. But <laughs> I, I don't think he's wrong if he doesn't like the way it looks and he doesn't like the way it feels. I'm not saying that's invalid. 
uh, for sure. Right. But I mean, for but you're me trying to make sure you put in a lot of points to, to convince them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm not saying it's invalid, but you're wrong for like eight different reasons. Well, hold on. So, the other thing I noticed, anyway. I was just doing a comparison visually on my end while you guys were talking to the maximum zoom levels, not resolutions, but zoom levels for, uh, uh, sorry, for League of Legends and for Dota 2, and they all seem to be pulled out further. So maybe there was some general consensus that there was some claustrophobia going on with heroes. And I have to admit, there have been times where I felt like things were super cramped and someone's like, dude, I'm over here. Do I need healing? And I'm like, oh, shit, you're not even on my screen. How would I know you were even over there? And I got to, you know, get over there somehow. So maybe this will resolve some of that. Maybe this makes it more in line with other MOBAs. Uh, they did say, and someone in the chat reminded us of this, that it did, in the deep dive, they talked about how they were willing to emphasize or overemphasize character features to make sure they're more distinguishable. Like Hanzo's shoulders are larger than they are in Overwatch, as an example. So, so I don't know if this means reworks across the board. Uh, you probably leave Arthas the same because he's a big, wide load looking idiot anyway. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe there's more to this in the long haul. But um, I'm, I'm genuinely curious for that first week of games with each other and just the community at large to see how this lands because i don't think bo's just saying i hate change change sucks i don't think you're doing that's not that's not what i'm hearing i I think the character like you know we're paying money for skins there's less fidelity on the skins that we're buying there's another good point yeah it's it's i don't think it does the game a, a service basically I, I don't i just don't like i'm fine i'll adapt the game's not broken or ruined or anything but i don't like it that's all and i think it does the game a disservice but sure it's like if, it's yeah like if you're, for, it's like when i when my when i moved this is a bad example but i'm gonna share it anyway when i moved from our last house i had this beautiful large toilet it was big it had a big old hole there you know for sitting on like like the seat was large yeah like, yeah like a big wide, what? No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't that bad. I mean, if you had okay. the seat up and you were a smaller person, maybe. But um, okay, but it. It's, but you it was can a, get a seat. You can adapt to that. That's oh no yeah, problem. it's totally. Now when I I'd moved, rather go big and have a seat than just be small and <laughs> have problems. <laughs> when I when I moved to the house we're in now, we had these toilets that I don't know who designed these things, but they are the smallest little gnomish little shit hole toilets. They were terrible. <laughs> They do. And I feel like I was when I was sitting on those. I feel like I was train. I was on a potty training thing or something. I hate <laughs> them. They were terrible. Yeah. And so I adapted. We made it work. It was okay. But eventually, one of them started cracking because again, they're terrible. And we ended up getting a new toilet in there and replaced it with another big wide load one, like the one we had in the old place. Perfect. <laughs> Problem solved. So what I hope is letting you still choose your maximum zoom. Uh, from the interface, will give Bo his wide load yeah. load toilet when he wants it, and his tiny little toilet when he needs it. That's yeah. what I hope it works out to be in the long haul. Even though I know you've already seen it on the PTR, so you've already got a taste of it, but maybe the toilet will be fine. That's what I'm saying. Well, don't know if the word taste and toilet should be so <laughs> close together. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. But yes. Yes, you're right. Possible to have good taste in uh, toilets. Like I'm gonna have my zoom level, and we'll see if it might not make a difference, and people can enjoy their space satellite view, and I'll enjoy the actual nice view, mm-hmm. but that I prefer. Well, we'll see how it goes. So there's that. That's in there. The invisibility stealth player thing. 
is now uh, this how it works. Okay, stealth players will now become invisible after remaining still for 1.5 seconds. Is that all of them? It's not all of them. That's just uh, the two that do that now, right? Or the three or two? Is it two? That's it's. I don't think it's no, on Samoro. I think it's he's on, the all, only it's on all of them. The, invis- the invisibility, but not, but well, not Samoro. Yeah, Samoro's is an active walking ability. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah, he, yeah. he, no, no, he. If any anybody, including Toronto, anyone who goes stealth, if they stand still, they turn invisible. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. wait. I guess I'm just always running away as Samoro, so I didn't see it so, when I so, was playing him. So there's new statuses. So stealth means you have the chalky white outline yeah. around you as you go around. Yeah. And and invisible is when you stand still, then it's just nothing. All right. So, so Hammer so not has, even the, a... has the stealth at level one. Right. You'll be completely invis- in, invisible. Invisible. As... Yeah. So if I'm, okay, here's one. Tassadar. I hit my E. And I don't I have move. to check that. Yeah, he's that's completely different. invisible for the entire yeah. duration. Okay, so his he thing never is, goes yeah. into stealth because his is because a functional invisibility. Stealth. He's in another dimension, right? In another dimension. You're totally right. You're right. Okay, so uh, but but like let's just take um, freaking uh, what's her name Nova for an example. The way she works right now is that if she's running around for a second, being untouched or whatever, her whatever drive kicks in and she becomes her trait. What I forget what it's called. And she becomes invisible and then runs around and she's kind of a bear. She's sort of a, a little bit of a squiggly you can maybe make out if you're paying attention. Now, if she's running around in stealth mode, you're going to see her more ghost-like figure and be able to kind of pick her out. But if she stops running and stands there for a minute or for a second and a half, she becomes completely invisible no matter where she is. Correct. Unless she's under the new towers, right? Correct. Right. But if you're or, under the new towers, if you're in range of those towers, don't they detect stealth and also shoot oh, you? Oh, I, I should clarify. It's not the new towers. It's the fort. The towers cannot see stealth. Oh, the fort key. reveals stealth. Oh, uh, the towers do not. It, so it for, functions like like the way the core does. The core reveals stealth. Like You've played tomorrow, so you know when you go near the core, it yeah. shows you. Yeah. yeah, same deal. Okay. All right, so they're going to work like the core. I hadn't really thought of that. That makes sense. Um, So that's interesting. I'm trying to think how this affects gameplay because it's not like, I guess if, if, if you got out of, uh, out of a, out of a fight and hid and by hid, I mean, stand an event and then become stealth and then become still for a a second and a half. And now you're really stealth. That's a great way to just have nobody know where where you're at, but you can't really attack from that because if you attack from that, you unstealth. Right. Yeah. If you move out of the vent, you're unstealthed. So in in a perfect world, the way you want to set it up is you want to go to the lane before anybody's there or the place where, you know, people will go and just sit out in the open where they wouldn't expect you because people will still check the fog doing it in the fog. I mean, they won't see you go in there and stop, but I, I think people will still check it. And if they shoot an AOE ability, that will still break you out of stealth. Yeah, that makes sense. Somebody so. in the Darksting 77 says, so no point to stealth looks like there's no sneaking. I disagree. There's no more point in being virtually invisible because while you're moving around and doing stuff in stealth mode, you're going to be more visible, but you are stronger in that state than you were before. So if either somebody misses you or you attack out of it, it depends on the character, but what we learned at BlizzCon and what we assume no from the ptr now is that you've got a lot more to do damage wise and ability wise while you are in stealth so it's not just about sneaking it's still part of it because you're not entirely easy to see i mean you're easier to see but from what i've seen from those videos 
in the scrum of a fight or something, or when I'm really focused on something, you could do some stuff to me. You could. Get you absolutely me. nailed it. The the games I've played, you can still do stealth stuff. You just have to pick your moment. You either need to get in position and do the invisible thing and ambush, or wait for a fight to break out, which you should be doing anyway as a stealth hero, because most of them are not. Uh, big on engaging fights they're mm -hmm. good at taking their pot shots once a fight breaks out um and people just get laser focused and even with this ability to see it much more clearly you can still sneak up behind somebody and do something i i did it plenty of times like i think the mechanic is still valid what they did is they removed the eye test they put everybody on a even playing field and as we've already kind of talked about on the show, it's probably a good idea because now there's even less to see. So me saying like, oh man, this is about as small as I could be okay with the characters being, when I look at that, and if I was looking for a shimmer at that size, like it'd be like looking for a blurry penny. Like it'd be, it'd be rough. It'd be really hard to see. So I think this was maybe something that they had to do with the camera, if I had to guess. Well... Bo, uh, I just wanted to mention a comment in the chat room by somebody. They go by the name, looks like Gore Fourth, G O R, the number four, and then a T H. T H says, "Good riddance." Now I know you don't know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that it was guy, you. Guy, no, it was you. Knows. Oh, okay, it was you the whole time. No, I'm kidding. But did uh, you're happy? You're happy to have the chief eye test part of this gone you're like you're glad to be past it yeah i mean look at what we got too as a result as a trade-off all the heroes have sweet buffs to make them more relevant and stronger and to emphasize the cool things that they do rather than the cool thing that they do is be stealth and just take advantage of people's weakness in that regard it's just not fun i don't think stealth in any game is that a fun mechanic it's in fun in single player games when, yeah. I, when I'm playing Hitman or I'm playing uh, Splinter Cell or more recently I've been playing the Mankind Divided Deus Ex game uh, that we got on sale a couple weeks back, whatever it was, a month back, that game is so much more fun playing at stealth. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love being invisible. I love doing weird crap. Invisible? Invisible? I love doing weird crap out of stealth. Like, it's perfect. But the minute you throw other people in there, F that, dude. It sucks. <laughs> I was just thinking it might be fun. To, it would be fun to take a crap from stealth. You, you know, you're <laughs> talking about that big toilet. You know, you could just leave a, a present behind somewhere. Anyway, sorry, random thought. <laughs> no, I like we were it. talking about the toilets, and I was like, you know, imagine you're sneaking a, a shit in the bathroom. And just, <laughs> I read some guys like, for a second, and I came back and didn't know where we were. It's like falling asleep in the car, and all of a sudden it's snowing outside. <laughs> sorry, it just came out. Never mind. Let's move on. I love it. I love it. Don't, yeah. don't, 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 do not feel bad about that. Anyway, so that's all happening. I'm interested in seeing it in, uh, you know, seeing it in the real world and seeing how it goes. Um, there are UI updates when you're stealth. So your UI borders change when stealth and when invisible. Can someone describe that to me? What does that look like? Uh, there's like, a, you know, like, um, when you die, there's little hexagons on the side. Mm -hmm. It's a really visual thing. I feel bad for the podcast listeners. You really needed to see this. Come on, so, John. So join with us. Do it with us, John. Come on. Get your hands up. You stealth, there's purple here. And then when you're invisible, it gets deeper purple. All right. <laughs> there you go. That may be yeah. me fishing for someone to go clip that out. But anyway, keep going. Keep talking. Someone clip yeah, that so, out. Whoever wants so to clip it. So basically, you'll be able to know what level of stealth you're in. 
not by having to look at some piece of UI, but the feeling and sound will sort of indicate to you when you're good to go on stealth and mm. even better to go on invisible. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. in, I'm into that. I, 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 all the recent UI stuff they've done has been great and I'm excited for more. Uh, let's talk about battleground objective timers. The first battleground objective event will now activate 90 seconds into the match following a 30 second warning for the following battlegrounds. Blackheart's Bay, you know, with the pirate and all that and the money. Uh, and every three minutes after chests chest are killed. Uh, Braxis Holdout, Beacons, two minutes, 10 seconds after a previous Zerg wave was killed. And that guy was whining about, I'm too smart to die. All right, so there's that. <laughs> Dragonshire, spawns, or sorry, Shrine spawn two minutes after the DK is killed. Now that's Donkey the Dragon Kong. Knight, not the Donkey oh. Kong or the Death Knight, right? Dragon Knight, yeah. Yeah, not, not Donkey Kong. Yeah. Oh yeah, DK, Civ. It's Donkey Kong. Don D dirty, dirty kid. DK Donkey Kong is here. <laughs> um, uh, here's how it goes on other maps. The first battleground objective will now uh, activate three minutes into the match following a 30-second warning for the following battlegrounds. Battlefield of Eternity, Cursed Hollow, Garden of Terror, Haunted Mines, Infernal Shrine, Sky Temple, Towers of Doom, and Warhead Junction. And unchanged remain these two maps. The brand new Volskaya Foundry and Tomb of the Spider Queen. Uh, no word on anything with Hanamura and any of that. Hanamura <laughs> remains absent. I just thought of something. You know these Hanamura prints they gave us? They're so uh -huh. awesome. I had my wife printed mine or uh, framed it as a gift for me. Like she came home one day with this really nice framing. Hmm. And this was right after they pulled the map. So, oh. so she came home with that and I thought, oh. I mean, it was a little... <laughs> <laughs> It's you still can a, like the print and not like the map. It's, it's okay. still a map in Overwatch. So even though we got it from the Heroes team, it's still, you know, concept art. It's right. still important. Right, still. Yeah. But you, you felt a little yeah. was it disappointment? Like, why did you do um, this? I, I felt a little, not disappointment. I felt a little, and maybe a little. <laughs> it's hard to explain. Like, it's I, I have sad feelings about that map not working out and them having to rework it and then now having it basically just disappear from the planet. Nobody's talking about it. They're not really, you know, dis discussing it very much other than just the standard canned answers we've gotten since BlizzCon. And, and it just kind of bums me out. So I guess what I'm saying is part of me kind of wishes that that painting and that print, that limited numbered print was like another battleground. Yeah. But... <laughs> But but not because I think that Ponomura can't be great. I just, you know, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say my spleen explodes in three weeks, right? Okay. Which which battleground painting framed am I going to get more money to go toward my exploded spleen? The one from the map that no one likes that got pulled and no one's talking about? Or, you know, Dragon Knights or something else? You're, what you're saying basically <laughs> is it's like yesterday you came home with the Toy Story trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, like yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. Well, now, come on. Yeah, and Cars 1. I grabbed Cars 1, A Bug's Life, and the Toy Story trilogy. <laughs> and it's like, sure, they're good movies, but the days kind of rained on your parade a little bit. A little I bit. Sure, we don't even have to say why. I totally agree with what you're saying right now. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing you didn't come to the media summit then, because that was the, you know... We went to the, the, the Creators and Influencers Media Summit. We flew out there yeah. to see Hanamura, to have the developers talk to us enthusiastically about Hanamura. Yeah. You'd feel like 10 times worse, I think. Yeah, you feel bad about you're it. probably right. 
I don't know. That's Bums why me out. I'm a little bit always trying to be in their corner on this Hanamura business because, you know, they felt really they felt really positive about this map. I mean, it's an Overwatch map in Heroes. Yeah, it bu- it just bums me out. I, I, I'm I'm I'm. I have no negativity toward whatever they are working on. I just want to, I just want it to live again. You know, I want to see what yeah. they do. It'll so be back. We'll see. John, I know you probably don't share that thought, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll come back and be cool. I want it to be cool. I want to like Hanamura. I think it's a pretty map. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I love it. And I know what Bo's saying. Like they were very excited about the map. They were very into it and loved it and very proud of it. But none of my animosity for the map is aimed at them. Like, they put in their best effort. They tried something crazy, and I love that they did. But it doesn't mean I liked a thing I didn't like. So at the end of the day, that's where we're at. And uh, ultimately, I hope it comes back and is awesome. Stumpwinter Jack just said, holy crap, I just thought about how they could introduce a new character and build lore. Picture this. The new hero is the original Dragon Knight. His name is Splood. And... (laughs) Not the one that's in the game because that's an avatar of the Dragon Knight. Yeah, that you can He's take over, dragon, but right? like a like the real Dragon Knight that's like, oh, what is this abomination in the lane after you capture two points? That could be interesting. And imagine playing that map, and the Dragon Knight takes over the Dragon Knight. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's some, that's some meta business right there. That's that's when you that's when there's like three layers below you. There's a there's an Indian guy driving a jeep into the river. Wait, it's yeah. not a jeep. It's a van. <laughs> it's a van. That's what I meant to say. It's, a, it's an Inception reference. It yeah. was a little off the mark and a little obscure, but somehow my yeah. brain went right to it. So I, I I was picturing like a you know like an old like an Indian from like an old comic book or something. I was like I don't get it. No, I, I meant like uh, you know like East Indian and and yes. and. And then I should, and I said Jeep, and it's supposed to be van, so I really blew the whole thing. It just didn't work out. But anyway, oh wait, somebody possessed the Dragonite as Alex Straza as a dragon, and when the dragon was over, you pop out as a dragon. I've not seen that yet, but that sounds right. It's like four dimensional dragons. Yeah, and when I watched Bo gorge a full blown Alex Straza dragon the other night, oh, it was so good. That is something to see, man. Like they're taking that out. Because because there are certain characters that are referred to as massive in the game, like Odin. Yeah. And you can't actually gorge massive things or you can't mom. Like there's certain massive things you can't do these. So who are the who who's getting pulled besides then? What is it like? Asmodan's getting pulled out of that. Um, Who else? No, no. We're talking massive like uh, like Odin, like because the. Thor's, I think Archon is the other massive one. There aren't many, but there are a few cases where something is so big that you can't use something like that on it. I could it's see pretty that. rare. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's rare. But not in her but, case, but, though, because she's always trying to get into dragon form, and it feels like she'll save that for a fight with the team, and you saved Gorge for a fight. Now you're at odds with her. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that I, one. I just think from a... from a Okay, so gameplay mechanics can do whatever they want, but from like a... <laughs> How this feels in the game is you can't turn into a giant dragon and have a little dude <laughs> stuff you in his belly. You know, and even if the world is magical and a bit of shape shifting can take place, it's too much. If you can stick Asmodan up anything, it's always <laughs> it's always being broken then because he shouldn't fit anywhere. 
You know? I agree, actually. He should be considered massive, too. He's a big boy. He's already big, and he's not nearly as big as he's supposed to be in the world. Yeah. Like, he should be much bigger. But I'll I'll live with him being a little shrunk down. But him being stuck? It, actually, any of them being stuck in Stitch's gut is kind of off the mark. So all they've said is, oh, well, the dragon's just a little too big. Because everyone's it's too big. Put Karazim up there, and he's too big. You know what I no. wish? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I disagree. He's a human size. Yeah, he's a little guy guess, in there. He's no, in... okay. I guess you're right. You can't put Karazim in your belly either. No, so, I don't care how yeah. how uh, overweight and stitched together you might be. Karazim is not going to fit in your abdomen. You know what I wish? What? <laughs> I wish that when Stitches ate somebody, you know how he's got that big hole in his stomach. I wish you could just see their face looking out. While they were in there, just like yeah, a, like would... a little kid in a drying in a dryer, which should never happen, too. and you should never do. But like the equivalent of like that little window, I just want to see the face just peeking out at me. Well, I like your thinking. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, regeneration globes. They last six seconds. After three seconds, they become neutral. I have no idea how this is going to play out, but I'm jazzed to see it. I'm excited yeah, for this, yeah. and uh, this is going to be the best. I'm going to get all the globes. They're mine. How are you going to ensure that? Like, uh, I'm going to beat the other guy in my lane. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, he, all right. I can the see other that. way. The other way is if you're if the person landing against you is aggressive, you let him. Cl- oh no, that doesn't work, does it? No, you're right. You're on the right track with it. I know what you're saying. Right. Well, that'll get the one that you're supposed to get, but you also kind of want to get the one for you, there. So if you, you let, let him, him stop it. Push towards your side so when he kills your wizard, you can become a bully and bully him away from the wizard before it dies. Okay. Then yeah. you can collect your globe, clear his lane, and collect the globe there too. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a fun little metagame, and that's why... <laughs> The objective timers, all starting for a lot of maps at three minutes, means a beefier, beefier. Um, <laughs> <Meat>. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to put the word meaty and beefy. I tried to say them both at the same time, and I just said beady. Yeah, um, it's a beatier early lane experience <laughs> to get the globes. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. We're gonna get a good early lane experience, and 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 we're gonna fight over globes. And I am excited. Yeah. This is like. Take how I felt about camera height change and make it the opposite. And I'm like, regeneration globes! <laughs> well, well, this is the coolest thing I think I heard. All right. And, yeah. all right John, are you excited? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't ever go after globes, really. I don't do a lot of quests for characters that need them for their questing and stuff. So I don't, this hasn't really landed on me as that big a deal, except I hate the little, the little transparent white ones that I know aren't for me. And now I know there's a chance I could get those. So that's cool. If just for healing reasons, I'm into that. And also, I feel like ARAM improves um, now a little bit because those globes that will be dropped by your wizards will potentially be something you can fight over. So all of that seems cool. But, John, where, where are you with the, the globies? No, I'm 100% with Bo. Even if I'm on a character that doesn't benefit from getting extra health globes, denying the health globe to the enemy is really, really strong. And... It gives you something fun to do when you're laning, even if you're maybe a little outmatched in the lane. Uh, I played a game the other night on Kyle's stream where I was the solo lane of Valera, which that and I was going up against a skeleton king, so that wasn't going great for me. But what it turned into was a okay, how far can I let him push 
and me just hang out safely and then chase him off just in time for the globes, benefit from the globes so I can keep going and he has to go back to his fountain. And that kind of became this weird little mini game that I was playing up there, which made what would have been otherwise a pretty bad situation a little more fun sure. and a little more tolerable. Good to see that. Uh, let's talk about, uh, just real quick, we knew a lot of these, but this is in this patch as well. Uh, no ammo in the in the towers. Uh, walls destroyed when connected towers and gates are destroyed, so you don't have to hang around and, and kind of, uh, you know, split P. Split P? That's not the right word. Split pee them to death? What was I trying to say? <laughs> just, just siege them down. Separately. Pea shoot. Pea shoot them down. I didn't mean, oh. you know, like when oh. you're a pea shooter. <laughs> I uh-huh. don't know what I mean. Forget all I say. Forget this whole last 30 seconds happened in your life. All right, moving on. Standalone towers now and that are next to forts and keeps have been removed. The health granted experience and damage of standalone towers is redistributed uh, to the keeps and the, uh, the, the deals, right? The, mm-hmm. the 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 ta- yes. the forts. There you go. Yeah. Uh, forts and keeps now have true sight, meaning they will reveal and attack stealth heroes. True sight is disabled during effects like Raven Lord's curse or Sylvanas's black arrow trait. I uh, can't think of any others where that would be true. I'll, I'll add one more thing to this that is kind of interesting and mm-hmm. fun to play with. Uh, is that towers now take a moment before they fire at you? They mm-hmm. have to aim mm-hmm. a little bit. So what that means is you can hang out in range of the towers. Uh, You know, you get that ping that, oh, they're targeting me. Mm -hmm. You can get that ping and you can actually step outside of range and not take a tower shot. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice little gimme there that they're doing. I like that. That's a nice trade. I like that a lot. Uh, Minion changes. Here are the highlights. Minion based damage is increased by roughly 10%. Five second delay before minions spawn after the game begins has been removed. So they start out right away, it sounds like. That's interesting, isn't it? Let me think about that. So our so our middle lane mid lane fights at the top of the game are going to have minions in there now. Yeah, like I think it's I think we're not going to you know because there's usually that five seconds of everyone just team fights in the middle mm-hmm. while the health globe game is going to begin right away and you know the laning you can't all go five if the minion waves show up sooner in the bot lane and top lane you got to go soak. Yeah. So I think it's going to do a little bit to discourage that meta. Yeah, that's. That's super interesting. I want to see how that plays out. Mercenary camps now spawn 60 seconds after the game begins. I would like to know why, because for two reasons. Actually, for one main reason. Nobody 60 seconds into the game has the capability that I know of. Greymane. Can Greymane do it? And I bet you Rex are, like, I don't think bosses, but siege camps? Sure. Not siege. I'm talking, well, our siege and, so mercenary camps, including siege, spawn 60 seconds in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Siege, siege I could and see. Knights. Yeah. Siege like, I could see. Camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm t- in general, it's 60 seconds. But like I think night- that includes bosses, too. But like night camps and bosses, probably not. They're too tough. I don't I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. I like more I like more minion play, so this isn't actually a problem for me, but I just I'm trying to think who it benefits. And if one or two characters can only are the only ones that can do anything with it after 60 seconds, it'll just get nerfed again or something. Something will change. Because you can't have, you know, Grey Mane at level two shitting out well, mercenaries. Like, what, what we're sort of hoping here is that, like, there's more 1v1 presence in lanes and your two other teams are working very early in the game to go capture those early camps mm. to have them in the lane so that the when the objective comes up, you've got something in the lane. Mm. So I think tightening this early game business is, like, actually really cool. 
That's what I'm thinking. We we might all just ignore it anyways and not do them, but I think that's why they're spawning earlier. Yeah. Is so that you go do them. Very curious about that. Um, Siege Giant Camps, like we talked about last week, can, uh, can now be dodged. Hellbats will now prioritize structures. Oh, and for those like me who are thinking, wait, can't you already dodge Siege Giants? We're talking about when you're taking them, not after they've been taken. Because after they've been taken and you are on the opposing team and you're fighting them in lane, you can dodge those. But you can't dodge them while you're taking the camp. They like have a homing mechanism on those rocks, and now they won't. So, in theory, see this. This is even more interesting because 60 seconds in, a siege camp could be taken by a smart player who can dodge really well. It'll, yes, it might take a while, damage wise. But that's, I mean, that's actual. Chat room just said it. Get JM Kaiser 33. This is this is a real jungle now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ooh, now I'm thinking. I have. I, I'm thinking of stuff now. This is a whole different early game. This, this competitive meta, at least for your hero league games, might change in that you might want to prioritize actually having a jungler on the team, someone who jungles efficiently or in various ways, and you know, not just gray main or sure. not just Sonya. You know, uh, I think Tracer might be able to jungle early if you can dodge all the shots and get all the damages in. How how quickly can what's his name? I can't think of who does bribe. I know a few people do. How quickly can someone uh, bribe? Nova gets hers at four. Mm. Bribe wing I think starts at one. But with bribe you got to build up the stack, so you probably won't have your stack sixty seconds in unless you get lucky. Yeah. Especially with people being more prone to spreading, and she gets her stacks from her heal hitting people. So yeah, yeah. if people are more spread out at the beginning, that's less people that's hitting, and so it's going to be slower for her as well. Kaiser also says now you can invade the enemy jungle to see if their jungler is doing their camps and gank them. Whole new aspect to play, in my opinion, that early. That's amazing. Uh, Esteli mm. says there is actually str- is so there is a strategy now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, it's true. It's not just hey, we're going to grab a Merc camp and let it run and do its thing all by itself before an objective, and and that's as deep as mercenaries go. Yeah. And I think honestly, when I look at all the changes that they did for this, and I, I think you and I, Scott, talked a little bit about this. Is it's called the 2018 gameplay update. We're getting it in 2017, and I think part of the reason why it has that name and part of the reason why or what is compelling about it to me is I feel like these are a bunch of things that are going to dramatically shift the way the game has evolved. Like, if we could go back in time and play against ourselves back when we were first getting into this game and learning it, uh, even if you got to the point where we kind of understood how MOBAs worked, we'd cream ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's Sounds awful, but uh, we splued strikes again. (laughs) Splued, but we would destroy. We would destroy our our past selves because it would be it'd be rough. We've learned. We've evolved. We've adapted new strategies and new things that we can do. And I feel like this is the framework to do that again. I think there's going to be a lot of things we go in and we say, "Well, I'm not sure about that." And when's the best time to do this? And I think that's going to be what evolves over 2018. And I think that's kind of what makes it the 2018 gameplay update is that I think this is going to evolve and change throughout the year in significant ways, the way people play this. I 100% agree. And I up till this minute, I wasn't all that excited about mercenary changes. I'm super stoked now. Like uh, just all of the possibilities that we've just been talking about. And there may be some downsides we're not thinking of. I I don't know. But but man... 
this sounds it like new games. It feels like new gameplay. You look at it, you know. When you look at it a little bit and don't think about it, it's like, yeah, it's just a bunch of stuff they're changing. But when you really think about it, yeah. this game's pace is going to be so different in two, three weeks. Yeah, and it feels like new play, like not just tweaked play, but like a new way to play the game. And not entirely, obviously. But I'm so, oh, I'm really curious to see what like super hardcore people end up doing. Like, you know, can someone? Ki- wipe somebody out in five minutes now can they well, we're gonna we're gonna find out our saturday team league games mm-hmm. we're gonna be getting camps 60 seconds is up who's jungling go yeah. stop screwing around in the lane let's go let's go let's go yeah i'm super stoked yeah. that sounds great um and there's some details that about some of the other stuff Hellbats now prioritize structures attacks uh, now apply a three second stacking negative five armor debuff to all targets stacking up to 20 times structures included so now structures have armor. That's weird. Uh, night camps. Uh, Wizard Knight Laner grants all nearby allies 30% spell armor. Not 30%. 30 spell armor. And Wizard Knight Defender grants nearby uh, Knight Defenders a 15 spell armor aura. Uh, we talked about this before. Again, moving now moving with those wizards has a really interesting effect. Um, and kind of changes things a little bit because it affects you and those other minions, or does it just affect you? I can't remember. Does it just affect players? No, it, no, affects, it everything. affects everything. Allies. See, that's, Any, an, that's allies a, like all the units. That's another crazy twist in here. Add, add that on top of everything else we were just talking about. Psh, weird. Laning is weird now, in in pretty good ways. Uh, sapper camps. Laning sappers now have a hundred armor versus structures while charging, and towers will ignore charging sappers. Uh, I'm trying to think who sappers are. Sappers are the ones that they run the pumpkin. Oh, the pumpkin head guys. Okay. It just means once they get into run mode, they're guaranteed to do their damage pretty much. Mm. We're so damn Halloween-y. Just from a design standpoint, can't we make them a little different? Just something else? I don't know what else. Maybe it's just because we had Halloween and I'm sick of it. (laughs) Are you done? I'm done with Halloween. (laughs) Uh, Let's make them Christmassy. We'll put... um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like a fruitcake head or something. Something else. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, hero portraits now display in UI when heroes are in vehicles and abilities that remove them from the map. So that's good. Uh, there's new some new pings. Uh, there's the MIA ping, alt-left-click enemy hero. Uh, ping that hero's location on the mini-map. And if they, were within allied vi- or if they are within allied vision, if that enemy is outside of allied vision, the chat message will inform allies that the hero is missing. So that's yes, good. Yes, we need this. So you can click the portrait up top and just say, Nova's not in my lane anymore. That is like the most, one of the most important pings in like non-com games. Although I guess we're getting integrated voice chat, but still. Right. It, a nice little call out to say the person I'm laning with is missing. Care in your, take care in your lane and watch for ganks. Yeah. So this is a much requested feature. I'm super excited to have in the game. Yep. Uh, alt right clicking, alt left clicking, all kinds of alt clickings. Uh, we're not talking about the politics of the alt right, right and left. We're talking about a video game, folks. If you just tuned in, yeah. uh, there's Good that you clarified that. <laughs> Me too. New sandbox yeah. mode cheats, uh, spawn camps, spawn dummies, 20 dummies max, and cleared, uh, clear the dummies, toggle fog of war, reset HP and uh, MP. 
Uh, that is to say, what is MP? Oh, mana power, right? Mana points? Yeah, mana points. Depends on who you are, I guess. Uh, complete quests and instant respawn. So if you're having fun with that sandbox mode, you now have some more options. What are the I dummies, like though? What are the... You can put up to 20 dummies in there. I'm like, there's got to be a Heroes Charity Brawl game mode in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, race, like, use them as checkpoints and do a Mario Kart race with mm-hmm. the dummies or something. Mm-hmm. But I think they only last for eight seconds if they're not attacked. So... Please make them stay indefinitely so we can make a Mario Kart race in the custom thing for Heroes Charity Brawl, please. Yeah. So I was going to say, it might be fun to do uh, a thing where they grant vision along a field and people have to run through them and Nova has to try to orbital strike where she sees people from the dummy vision and crank damage up so it's an instant kill every time it hits. Mm. A new charity <laughs> charity ideas. Keep these coming. Charity Brawl stuff. Yep. These are pretty good. Uh, anyway, so that sounds like fun. And for those uh, listening, we'd like to once in a while remind you that Bo is Canadian and he says Mario, and it's fine. We all say Mario. He says Mario. It's fine. It's Mario. It's okay. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's is totally that a fine. Canadian thing. I think it is. It might. It might just be a Bo thing. I think it's <laughs> a Canadian that, yeah, thing. Like I'm. Thing. I'm the Frog Pants ambassador to Canada, and let me tell you. I've got Justin Trudeau's aides writing me all the time saying, you're doing a bad job. Mm. <laughs> you get hockey wrong. You mispronounce words. You're, re- not, you're poorly representing Canada. Well, let's ask and, the plumber uh, himself what he thinks of Mario. Wow. All right. He seems to approve. He thinks it's fine. Okay. <laughs> all right. I won't do that to people again. Dearest Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest Peach. I was told uh, you were in another castle. All right. All right. What else? So now there's a, we talked about the stealth hero changes yeah, yeah, and yeah. we kind of glossed over them. So I'm going to let, uh, I think you dinner was served over there for you, Scott. Sorry. You- no, I just had somebody handed, just put some food in front of me. It's not dinner, <laughs> but it's food. For the and, podcast and- listeners, there's Scott and then a giant plate of food went by the camera. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. Yeah. 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 I'll let it's you good. explain this next part then just yes. briefly. So, Basically, I'm just going to run through and stop me if you have questions or comments. Run through all the... So your stealth characters that irritated you in the game before are going to continue to irritate you, but not just because they're stealth, but because they all have power increases. And uh, here's the thing you got to look for. So Nova has Snipe Master baked in, which means a good Nova will have her snipe damage pretty high. And the base, the damage, base damage of snipe was lowered to compensate for that baked in. But it's still going to do a lot of damage. Uh, her hollow decoy now deals 10% of her damage baseline. So it's going to be harder to tell when you're facing a hollow decoy because it's going to do a little bit of damage to you. So you got to watch for those little ticks. Uh, finally, her trait offers 15% movement speed baseline when stealth. So she'll be able to truck around the map a little bit more without having to to mount up so you got to think about that where you've last seen her and how likely she is to be near you it's going to be easier for her and finally and this is the coolest thing about what she has is when she presses the one button she can immediately enter cloak and leave a hollow decoy where she cloaked which means you might be shooting the right nova then all of a sudden you're shooting the wrong nova and she's also got unrevealable for like 0.5 seconds so if you hit with some aoe splash you won't reveal her and um, I played against this a little bit, and it's actually super freaking annoying. Mm. Um, so she's going to annoy you in that way uh, in the future. Do you think that she's, I mean, does, hmm, how do I put this? Like, 
Blizzard didn't do the easy thing. The easy thing for Blizzard to do would be we're getting rid of stealth stealth in the game. Like when when all these problems with stealth came up, they had a cool idea for these heroes, but they never could quite work it out. And I feel like Blizzard approached it and went, all right, what are our options? There was probably some meeting. And I have to think one of the options was, well, let's just get rid of stealth. And Blizzard doesn't work that way. The way they work is, no, let's figure out something else. Let's find a way, right? There's always a way. Love finds a way. And I guess I'm asking if you guys think, without having much experience with this yet, do you feel in your gut they have found a, a, a way? To, uh, to, fix this? to make her to make her like better with taking away her stealth? Her and everyone else, no. like stealth in general, have they? I think I think some heroes got considerably better, but it's, we'll see how it bears out. I don't think Nova's one of them. Mm. I think she's still going to be a QM stopper, but I don't think she's any more competitive than like she hasn't really changed that much. Mm. You're still going to want to have Vala and Greymane and Zuljan and hundreds of other heroes that are ranged assassins over Nova, in my opinion. So Samuro, unless she's overtuned, so but I don't think she is. Explain to me how Samuro is going to work because he's he's fundamentally different anyway as it stands today. How yeah. how does he? Oh, geez, sorry. Hold on. Shit. So today on yeah. Samuro Bros. I didn't mean to do um, that. What where, where do you think that's good for uh, him? So so his mirror images now don't do a percentage of your damage. They do nine. They do nine attack damage now. Um, and what they've done is they've moved all that damage into the main, uh, your basic attack damage. So now the most important part of being Samuro is your attacks and not your mirror images so much. Mm. Um, so that's like a big shift in how he plays. And I think that's probably better. Uh, and the mirror image is no longer destroyed by structures. So you have a little bit more tricksy time. Uh, I think the big thing with him uh, is that, uh, you know, the mirror image is now targetable. I just think that makes a world of difference mm. and that you're able to swap. You're able to get the benefit of illusion master baseline. Now, like you can swap mirror images, even if you take the blade storm talent. Wait, now if so I'm, this means- is where I'm confused. If I am the main Samuro and I've pooped out my three buddies, Okay, or is it two? two no, bu- three. Two buddies. Two buddies. Well, you're you one get, of the buddies. There's a talent to get three buddies, right? I think. Yeah, thirteen. You can take um, whatever it's called, Konichiwa. It's called. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's just a random <laughs> Japanese word. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a K. Yeah, no, can we can't can't uh, Colonel Cheese. That's what it is. So when you hit Colonel Cheese and you get your extra guy, but let's say you've got two guys, maybe three. When I poop those out. They're no longer autonomous vehicles that just go do their thing, and I don't have any control over them. I can. No, swap. they are. They, they are. If you, do, they are. They are. They're AI controlled. Okay. Unless you take the level ten talent that turns them into the Lost Vikings, basically, right? Okay, but how, then, then what's baked in? Because my understanding was that me being able to control them was baked in. Now, no. So, so no. What's baked in is you being able to swap. So, Illusion Master previously allowed you to say put a mirror image in each lane and you're in one lane and then you could just swap out instantly. Mm. So let's say you were, there was three images and the enemy figured out he's the real one. And then it dives in on you. And then what you could do is switch to the other one and oops, he killed a clone. And then you get away because you're able to swap, you know, play like that shell game. Mm. So that's baseline now. So in addition to all the fun stuff you've already been doing with Samuro Scott, that little trick will be in your playbook. So there's still robot drones. I can just, yeah, the Illusion it. Master gives some buffs to stuff, mm-hmm. but what it also does is it allows you to control all three of them in that way that you were talking about, where okay. you can 
you can micro all three to do three different things potentially. Okay. It's kind of hard to do, I find. But yeah, I like uh, him a lot. I just don't think I'm ever. I've yet to, and nothing you've said to me today has changed this. I've yet to have a good excuse to want to uh, do the one that makes them all Vikings. I hate that mo- that that thing at ten. I'll never choose it. There's yeah. no value. Uh, it's, it. it feels like it would be less now. I think it's getting like you're getting some cooldown reduction on advancing strikes, which. I don't know what that does. <laughs> I think that increases your movement speed or something like that. Uh, it can, but it's your trait. So yeah. if you if you are hitting with advancing strike more often, you're hitting with a, a higher crit damage with that advancing strike. Okay. So it reduces the cooldown of that. Like overall, I think what it's doing is it's going to increase your da- your basic attack damage output. So mm. okay. and give you the three. So I think you're probably still taking Blade Storm, but. Both of his alts are pretty good. Yeah, I, I think overall this increases his power level. Yeah, I like Bladestorm a lot. Valera, how's she doing, John? You like her, don't yeah, you? Yeah, let's let John take this one because this is John, one of John's. Yeah, she's your lady. I, I like the new Valera. So they upped the movement speed increase on her D from ten percent to twenty percent, and then the other big change is all of her basic abilities while stealth. So QWE. Yeah. Um, if you are stealthed for three seconds, you know, you hit D, three seconds go by, it adds a plus five range and teleports Valera behind the target when she uses the finisher. So that was actually a talent for ambush, but now it can be on any of her abilities. Uh, they also added a armor reduction to ambush which is good because actually ambush was the smart choice if you ever had to use it on a tank. Mm. So it makes sense that now limiting armor is a good choice for that. Um, it's never good to have to ambush on a tank, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, cheap shot, the W, the stun has been reduced from 1.25 seconds to 0.75 seconds, but it now blinds the target for two seconds after the stun effect. Uh, so that's what you would use on your auto attackers. And Garrote, the silence duration was increased from 2.25 to 2.75. So that's what you use on your casters. All right. So I played her a little bit, and I re- I like the change. Uh, she kind of feels the same. Uh, I already played her with the assumption that everybody could always see me. Uh, I think that's kind of what you had to do in the past on a stealth character. You kind of had to operate under the assumption, well, they can see me. Yeah. And so there hasn't been a huge change. She did get a slight talent rework, um, and there's parts of it I like. There's parts of it I don't. Uh, so it's probably going to take me a little while to decide where I ultimately landed on her. Uh, I had a rough first game, but I was still able to do a lot of the things that I could do with Valera in the past. Um, including, you know, block for my team in 1v1 a Varian and take him down. So that felt really good. good. <laughs> so I, the, I remain the, a fan of hers. The question I have is, because you tried playing her, is um, the biggest thing is she gets popped out of stealth all the time in a team fight just by accident. Just like mm-hmm. a little ant runs over her foot and it's like, oh, that ant did one point of damage. I'm out of stealth. And you're like, <laughs> no! <laughs> you know, is that... Does the teleport help? Is it still a frustration you found? or? Uh, the teleport helps, but the teleport was always scary. So I always took it, I, I think, or most of the time I would take it. It's good, but it's also very risky because now you don't have control over it. It used to be that I knew, okay, if I do ambush, I'm going to teleport. But the the kind of scary part of it is 
it can sometimes just put you in a real bad spot when you weren't expecting it. And, oh, because it teleports to their side. So like, oh, I'm taking tower shots all of a sudden or something. Yeah, they backed up more than I anticipated. And all of a sudden I'm in tower range now. And you give them a natural body block to you mm. is oh. another problem. So uh, depending on where they are, I mean, if they're if they're running away from you, then you have the body block and that's nice. And that's a good position for stealthy to be in. But uh, if you're during an attack, you give them a natural advantage for, you know, preventing you from getting away. Right. Mm. Uh, mm. Zeratul, what's going on with that guy? He's. Oh, uh, I'm so excited. OK, this <laughs> is. This, this, you've this been is having, the best one. There's a big, opinion. bold red point. thing in here, so I, 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 you must be excited. So tell what, what's I mean, going on with him. There's, there's talent changes, but the biggest thing is he, he gets a new ultimate. He came out a big winner of this patch called Might of the Nerezim. And basically what it does is it gives you a pat. There's a passive. Um, after you, It's a, like a focused attack. After you use an ability, your next basic attack deals 40% more damage. That that is like a normal talent on a normal talent tier, but it's the passive here. Mm. But the big thing is you can duplicate the last QW or E you cast. So the little graphic changes depending on what the last button you pressed is. So if I press Q to cleave, then the R looks like a cleave, and you get to cleave again. That second cleave does fifty percent damage, and is untalented, unlike the original Q. Yeah. And same with W, same with E. It melts my brain. I played it, and I'm like, I don't know what button R is right now because you press the button so fast. And you're like, oh, no. I accidentally teleported twice when I meant the singularity spike twice. So there's this sense of, like, I want to get really good with this because it seems like complicated math. And the really cool thing is the level 20 upgrade to it, in addition to doing what it does, it also resets the cooldown of all your basic abilities. Oh. So, so here's what happens. You do, let's say, teleport, you singularity spike, you press Q, mm -hmm. everything's on cooldown, and you're teleported in. So you press R to cleave again, and then you get all your abilities back. And then you go Q, W, blue, 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 and then it's super fun. Um, <laughs> in addition to all of this, because you have like up to four teleports, because I think I'm probably going wormhole, so teleport back, back, back. Yeah. You get Vorpal Blade, a level one talent now baked in at level one. And that's basically the last enemy that you basic attacked within three seconds. You just teleport straight to them. So what you might do is start an engagement, teleport out, Vorpal Blade back in, then reset everything, teleport out, and there's a talent that gives you two charges of Vorpal Blade. So you have Vorpal Blade back in and teleport back out and then teleport back in. And it's just like this It's like... You know that uh, when Zach Galifianakis is that the guy who sees all the formulas on the screen in the casino and he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. I've got it. That's like what playing Zeratul is right now with this ultimate. I mm. love it. Okay, um, uh, it seems complicated, but it sounds like you. I mean, how how are regular players going to see that? Because it doesn't sound flashy. It just sounds re like you're just repeating things. Well, you know? it's like it's 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 the closest thing I can compare it to is Kelthuzad, who's like the combo guy, right? I got to mm. combo everything. So this is combo-y. Like, it's all about doing burst, but with this high-mobility combo-y kind of melee thing. It's it's pretty unique. Like, he was already like that before. Mm -hmm. They've just leaned into it way harder. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to figuring out the... It's like a Street Fighter 
character. You know, you have 16 uh, button combo thing mm-hmm. to do. I, I'm looking forward to figuring out what the 16 button combo is to do like the most damage. It's, it's rough. Yeah. I like, I think it's good. I, I like the changes across the board, but I tried playing him and I just thought, oh man, this is going to require an investment that I'm not ready to go down right at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think that's good. I think it's good to have here. But he's like still that. got his big pus bubble for his first choice, his other choice, right? <laughs> It's void prison. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, it does look. I can see it. It's like, like a, a big pus bubble. It's like gonna pop, and yeah. and all and all of the, <laughs> all of the the um, stukov you can eat would come out of that thing. It's so nasty. But Ugh. but yeah, like that thing's still there. So you still have your easy one off. That is a valuable team tool to have at your disposal. But it sounds like they've made a really fun choice uh, for for the other side, and that's cool. Uh, I'm really excited. It's interesting. Blizzard's watching this PTR very closely and looking for a lot of feedback, and they're even sending out surveys wanting to get an idea uh, from people on the experience. This is all probably good, okay? That's good, but it's also on the PTR, which means, I don't know, a lot of people aren't playing it. Most games have two or more stealth heroes in it right now, like really weird comps. It's impossible to get real-world testing done in there, I would think, um, due to those two factors. So, you guys have actually played this, Bo. You had a you had a pretty crazy game with seven stealthers in, a, in the game, like in the seven same game? stealth characters in the game. Oh my and lord! On the enemy team was also in addition an eighth character was Taronda, who took the stealth alt, and it was like Brax's holdout, and everybody was invisible except for the enemy's Chromie <laughs> and our Alex Straza, who happened to be a Blizzard developer in the PTR. He's like. Hi, my name's Blizz Brawler, and I'm here to, you know, yeah. take your feedback on the game that you play. In fact, I found it suspect, and I asked it if it was a bot. Mm. Um, because it just seemed macro-y, the, the text that came up in the chat. I'm like, nobody speaks in full sentences like that. <laughs> and I was, I was shocked. Yeah. So I gave him my feedback. I said, the zoomed-out camera is going to take some getting used to, which was a nicer way of what I said on the show today. Yeah. And also that zero tools making my brain melt yeah but but it it is a problem i played three or four games and literally every game is nothing but samuro valera nova and zero tool on both teams all day it's Mm. a nightmare Mm. (laughs) do you uh do you um i mean there's no way to fix that though like that's just the nature of ptr it's the true of any game especially like this where you know it's all about everybody playing you know, like trying to play as best you can in a scenario where there's no way to do it because nobody's in there. It's First of all, it's a lower population of people because it's a test server. And secondly, they all want to see the new stuff. So I don't know how you'd make it any different. Like it's impossible for them to have a better test system, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I think you're right about that. But it's just like it. No, oh, it's it's you want. I, this is one of the PTRs where I'm like, I want to try all the new stuff. But mm. I, it's yeah, it was it was hard to suffer through. For sure. Um, winter skins are coming back, though. That's cool. We've got some... I don't know if these were... Were these leaks or these were on the PTR, I guess? These are leaked. Okay, these are leaked. Yeah. Uh, Vala, Malthale, Malfurion, Carl Jim, as well as some new tents for old Wintervale skins like Moldy Nazebo. Uh, there's a new mount. It's a it's a, it's a a cookie. Uh, the, <laughs> yep, there you go. It's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say uh, that I think these skins look great, uh, specifically Malthale and... Carl Jim or uh, Karazim's new skins are awesome. Um, I'm all I'm all about candy cane work. I think that's great in these skins. So those look really good. Oh, probably Malfurion though is the one I want the most. Yeah, it's a big old Santa Claus looking thing, and 
makes perfect sense. He almost looks like a different character altogether. He's he's perfect in every way. I kind of hope he's got some like ho 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 thing going on with his voice lines. Yeah, he might. Right? I hope so. Oh, it's funny because we always do that when we do the Malfurion voice. We always talk about him being Santa Claus. Now they're actually going for it. Oh yeah, even can I mean thank you. You've even yeah. said this before. You've even said out loud on games like how come how come Malfurion doesn't have a Santa Claus thing. Yeah, now he, he does. just sounds like a Toronto. Toronto, what would you like for Christmas? Have you been I want girl? the milk and cookies, Toronto. <laughs> I want them. It's basically a, you know, a whiny Malfurion skin to go along with his whiny wow persona would be really fun if they could figure that out. I don't know what that is, but get on that, Blizzard. Uh, all right, finally, before we get to emails. A lot of people are talking about loot boxes last couple of weeks. Been a big deal in video games, generally speaking. Uh, we have maintained on here and other shows around Blizzard games that Blizzard does loot boxes right. Um, keeps away from the idea of these things controlling the way a game plays and more about how they look. You know, these are all cosmetic items. And the furthest thing from, from gambling, although, you know, one can get a little addicted to the idea of spending real money for fake things and Buying blind boxes is a thing people do in actual retail stores, let alone in video games. But it has felt like Blizzard has figured out the right balance, for the most part, and other companies certainly following suit, doing similar stuff. In some cases, you know, before Blizzard got here, there were others doing similar things as well. So uh, there were a lot of people freaking out about a Belgium declaration that loot boxes are gambling, and people started freaking out about it. Because that meant, they thought anyway, that perhaps legal things would happen or some sort of legislative start to some of this would happen. And these would be determined in some parts of the world to be gambling and therefore shut down in those parts of the world, making everyone's life complicated. Um, turns out the original articles were mistranslated and it's not a determination. It's like an investigation and not even really, that's even too strong a word. It's like a, a lot of people are talking about loot boxes and gambling. We're going to take, we're going to have a look at it. That's it. For now. And I expect more of this than not. What I hope what I hope happens is that cool heads prevail and people look at this stuff for what it is and they see poor uses of loot boxes like what EA did with Star Wars and other things like that and, and say, all right, well, that's, that, that's crappy, but is it gambling? And they can still ask that question. Uh, I think they'll probably find out it isn't because if that's gambling, if loot boxes are gambling the way I buy an Overwatch uh, set of loot boxes or buy a bunch of gems in this game or buy loot boxes in this game if that's gambling then when I go to the store to get a blind box collection of Futurama figures I said this on DTNS today um, and I take them home and I open them all real fast and there's only one Zoidberg in there and the rest are copies of other characters I already have then is that gambling and right. if it is, what are you no. going to do to regulate that? Like, I don't think it is either. I guess what I'm saying is I, I hope the legal definition of illegal gambling um, is what wins out in the, at the end of the day. Because you're, you're not betting your money here. You're spending money for a thing that may, may or may not give you some direct benefit. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I just wanted, I thought it'd be good if we touched on this. I'm glad it was in the notes today because I've been thinking about it. I feel like Blizzard has done really pretty well by its customers um, from the loot box standpoint. I'm sure some disagree with me on this, but I think... Especially when you hold it up against EA. Exactly. Or others who have been kind of indiscriminate with the way they've done it. And 
I don't think that they should be in the same crosshairs as EA and others. So, but, yeah. But I think that's the thing is people are mad and it becomes a blanket of everybody doing it is wrong now. And that's wow. that's kind of how people work. And it's kind of unfortunate that that's the way it goes. And look, I, I don't know if we need to spend a ton of time on this because we've, we've talked about loot boxes a lot this year. I think we're going to talk about it a lot next year because just it's the nature of the beast. But I'll say this. I know there's a lot of people out there that just are on a flat. I don't like loot boxes. It doesn't matter if it's gambling. It doesn't matter any of that. I don't like it. We're at a point where companies need additional revenue in some form. Right now, loot boxes is what they're trying. Let's not be so hasty to say blanket statement, I hate loot boxes, that we end up trading it for something worse. I think whether we stick with loot boxes or move on, something else is coming. Let's find out what that is and let's be smart about it. Yeah. Is kind mm-hmm. of my thought. It's also a big diverse industry. It's not uh lots of philosophies are being played with uh here and some of them you could call nefarious, others you could say are just honest to goodness ways of figuring out how to continue revenue for a game, build a game and not charge too much for it and and still stay within the confines of what people will pay for a video game and then keep playing it for a long period of time. And some are succeeding and some aren't. The stuff will flesh itself out, but I'm with John. Overreacting makes us uh, a bigger part of the problem than the actual loot boxes, in my opinion, because then that we're going to drive change that we may not want. So just be careful. Bo, any, yeah. any thoughts there? I do. I actually, I've been thinking about it today too. It's funny you talked about it um, because... I feel like I'm going to go full heel on this and say there's nothing wrong with pay to win, actually. Oh, man. Um, Whoa. Oh, okay. All right. Flipping on uh, everything. Do you want to become a hockey player or join your hockey league? You're going to buy equipment? Well, you're going to suck if you have crappy equipment. So uh, the guy, guys with better equipment do perform better. I played lots of Magic. Can't tell me that you aren't spending lots of money playing Magic. It's clearly play to win, whether it's video game form or in paper form. Um. I think people use the wrong words when they're to complain about the things that are there. What the problem is not gambling. The problem is they don't like probability in their purchases. Mm. You know, it's not gambling. It's just like it sucks to leave things to chance, and people don't like it. Um, But you know, there are gaming environments where people pay to win, and people are more than happy to do it. Um, The problem is not that it's pay to win; it's game design. And and I think if you have a pay-to-win system that people, as Scott, you said, feel like they're getting ripped off, mm-hmm. like the feeling like they're not getting value for it. Right. It's poor design and poor market plan and not because pay-to-win as a whole is bad. Pay-to-win is fine if people like what they're paying for. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But I think we're just using a lot of buzzwords and arguing about the wrong things. Yeah. That's, that's my two cents. Also, yeah. Like it's not it's not gambling to buy a, a loot a random loot thing on eBay, and oh I found a card worth uh, ten thousand dollars. Like maybe you're gambling, but the people selling it are not having a gambling establishment. You just yeah, it's 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 like buying gold. You yeah. buy gold and it's the value of whatever gold is, and that can change, and you might get lucky. I mean, I I believe that Blizzard is doing right in this regard. I think a lot of others are not doing as right. Uh, I think what EA is doing with Star Wars is a, is a freaking shame and sucks. But all of that being said, um, I don't know that there's much 
There's not a let's put it this way. I don't want to shock you guys. But it turns out the video game world gets people upset a lot. What? I know. It seems You're shocking. Kidding. I know, I know. It's really this has got to be news to both of you, I'm sure. And everyone listening, you must be saying, "What, Scott? I thought it was the most open and 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 positive conversational group ever." I I I'm, so I hate to be shattering everyone's expectations, but gamers can kind of be festering dog anuses sometimes, okay? And by that, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't have a legitimate beef. I think everything about this EA thing is a legitimate beef. And you know what you should do? You should do like me and not buy that effing game. I'm not buying it. I won't buy it. I was going to, and I'm not now. Because I think they've handled it horribly and poorly. I'll check in four months from now and see how things are going with them and see if it's worth my hard-earned money. If it's not, I'm still not going to pay for it because I don't want to support poor practices. If Blizzard is your speed, then great. Buy some loot boxes. If it's not, play Heroes for free and unlock them by just playing the game and leveling up and getting a box every time a character hits a new level. That's kind of a cool thing, too. So, to me, it's e in the Blizzard world, this is an easy thing. This isn't hard at all. Like, they're not doing anything egregious. It's just whether you want to pay for it or not. If you do, great, you're going to get some cosmetics. If you don't, great, you're not. It's as simple as that. So, yeah. I... I, I I think that it's easy to get so hyperbolic out, out there about this stuff and try to apply it to everybody or assume the entire industry is colluding against players is stupid. Like the, Yeah, this is becoming the whole, you play Dungeons and Dragons, so you must be a perverted murderer in your parents' basement from right. before, right? Like, loot boxes, they're going to pollute your mind and it's greedy companies taking advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the case. It's It's wacky packs. Yeah. Remember Wacky Packs? It's I like you don't know what packs. you're going to get. And the guy, your your friend with the most money, he's going to buy the most Wacky Packs and have all the coolest Wacky cards. And you only got to buy three packs. When we bought, uh, John, what was like, it? What, what were those uh, um, Cracker Jack boxes? Remember those? You'd open those up and there'd be like a prize in there and you never knew what it was going to be till you opened it. It was always bad. It was always bad. No, no, no. It was, <laughs> there was levels no of bad. That yeah, levels of terrible. Plus the thing you ate was bad too. Like Bazooka Joe gum, which joke you got. Oh, like. The the all gum bad. was the worst. All bad. Yeah, all bad. Ugh. But people have been buying sports cards, and then, oh, look, I got a lucky rare deal, a rookie card from Jim Bob, Jimma, Jimma Who, or whatever. And that's great. Like, this has existed for a very long time. I don't think we can retroactively call any of that gambling. Legally. I just mean from a legal standpoint. I don't think that's going to happen. But I It's would just, not a gambling, gambling establishment. Right, or a gablishment, as you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm glad I added to what you were saying. Or a gablishment, if you're saying Mario. Anyway, the point is this. <laughs> I don't know why I give you such a hard time about Mario. It doesn't bother me at all. It just makes me laugh. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say this. So uh, let's just remember that we are part of a community that bristles when we were told uh, hyperbolic things like video games makes you more violent or video games are making our kids stupid or video games are causing people to hurt each other or they're murder simulators. Remember all that stuff? Still happens even to this day, but it was real heavy and dirty in the 90s. Remember how you felt then when you had somebody from the outside telling you what you thought. Now you're doing it by telling the entire industry they're doing it wrong. I'm just, it's hyperbolic and lame. You can't blanket the entire thing. What EA is doing is not what Blizzard's doing. What Blizzard is doing is not what Battle Riot is doing. And what Battle Riot is doing is not what uh, freaking Elder Scrolls Online is doing. Yeah. Although it's and actually they're doing kind of it close. because they all everyone can charge sixty bucks for a box of game. You don't buy them. 
Right. So they want you to play free and then have, like, I think I was reading an article the other day or so read a post by someone who was big into free to play. They said a ball in conversion rate on free to play is like 5% of the player base pays. Right. Yeah. 5%. You're Jeez. lucky to get 2%. It's all about the way. So it's like everyone complaining about loot boxes. Most of them are never going to buy a loot box anyway. They buy two and like, you know, they spend $2 on it. Like most of the people with loudest mouths are probably not the ones complaining about it. Totally agree. So there's also that as well. Even Fr- even Patrick from France agrees with us on most of these points, and he's a French guy, and they they make a sport out of disagreeing with Americans, okay, and Canadians for that matter. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in Quebec, I don't know what's going on up there. People are- I, I just think you're right. You're the, everybody's doing it different, and the problem is is that the the less skilled we get at formulating the proper debate, and the more we just blanket it as oh, loot boxes are bad. There's collateral damage to those arguments. So you might have valid points. Like, you might be right. Games might be doing things in a real garbage way. But what happens when the games that are trying to do right by the players get pulled into that? What happens when we live in a world where Overwatch has to sell constant expansions because they can't do uh, loot boxes anymore? Or they just straight up quit making it and move on to something more lucrative, like... Yeah, what happens when Heroes of the Storm isn't a game anymore because Blizzard can't financially say, oh, yeah, it's worth doing because it doesn't have a good revenue model anymore. Right. Like, these are the consequences that I'm not saying will happen, but are a thing that could happen if we let blanket statements and blanket arguments drag everybody down because we're upset. Yeah, my my thing is spend money on what you like and value. This is true across the board, not just video games, but if you like and value something... That's where you should spend your money. And if you don't, don't. Done. Simple. Easy. It's on the companies to figure out a way to entice you. But if you start tribing up just to be contrary to a thing that you see yourself as part of some movement, eh, it's going to bite you in the cheese. Here's this. Time for email. What the hell was that? Nick, was that you? What'd you drop? Are you all right over there? Yeah, we're good. All right. Jeez Louisa. So I wish you guys could have heard that. It sounded like a... I, I heard nothing. All right. <laughs> it sounded like nothing. It was bad. It was like a bowling ball got dropped on a hard floor. <laughs> what was it, Morgan? What did he drop? Oh, it was a speaker. Well, that's great. I'm sure that'll work perfectly now. Anyway, moving on. Hey, emails. <laughs> Core at hero for you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Core at heroes for you dot com. Core. Heroes for use. Heroes for use. Hey Mario, come over here. We got core at heroesforuse.com. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's the email address. Core heroesforyou.com. Uh let's talk to Chad. Chad says this. Hey guys, did you notice with the last patch you are now able to see opponents' profiles when in ranked draft lobby? Just wondering how you guys felt about this. I am a tracer main and have been using her to climb out of gold, but now people see that I play her well and ban her. This isn't HCC, so I think scouting is a little bit much for the gold league. Thanks, Chad. I can take this one. Please. I didn't notice, but it's in the hotfix or the patch. It's being fixed. Oh, they're taking that out. Oh. This is a bug. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know. So the good news is people will stop doing it as soon as they fix that thing. You should be able to see your teammates profiles but not the enemy team's profiles in order to avoid things like what chad is describing which is target bans yeah target bans poop 
It was it's probably a, it's probably a feature they didn't mean to be a feature, and now it's a bug, so that's good. Okay, as sitting in Texas says it was hot fixed today. Oh, so it's out Thanks. now. It's not even a thing yeah. now. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, there you go, Chad. Good news, Chad. Uh, Joshua wrote in, says, Good day, core crew. How is this for an update to the loot box system? Speaking of loot boxes, guaranteed rare item. Rare loot chests upgraded to epic loot chests, legendary protection. <laughs> those are his three things. Okay, so those are three separate ideas. <laughs> There's no context to any of them. No. Guaranteed <laughs> rare. Oh, well, let's break it down. Guaranteed rare item. That makes sense. There's always a rare item, at least in your box. At least one. Yeah, if you buy them, you're guaranteed rares. No one no rare. all grays uh, no, yeah. in any loot boxes, sounds like. That's what, what he means. You'll never, you'll never see the all gray loot box. Yeah, which eliminates the rare ones <laughs> because now suddenly those are rare. Basically what he's saying is let's replace all loot boxes with a rare loot box because that guarantees one rare. Yeah, and then upgrade the rare purchased ones to epic, so guaranteed purple in those. Yeah, and then legendary and protection. I'm not sure what that means. Probably something to prevent you from getting duplicate legendaries, which is a complaint that I have. Like, getting a legendary should feel good because it's rare, but uh, it doesn't because it's usually a duplicate. <laughs> you okay, Bo? Um, what happened? Bo's, hold on. Bo's losing I had a thought it. through my head, and it made me just uncontrollably laugh. All right. Legendary protection's a condom you can only use once. <laughs> <laughs> but all condoms you can only use once. Anyway, sorry. Is Continue it, on. Is it bright orange? Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. It was in pleasure. all of our heads when he said it. Yeah. And it's just true now. Yeah. And you don't um, want it in shards. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. I'm going to just say this about this email. Like, I think it's cool that Joshua is thinking outside the box, coming up with new ideas. Um, but I don't think the issue with our loot boxes has anything to do with what's in them. Mm. Uh, I, at least I... I stand by, I think there's an issue with legendary items. Uh, like I said, it doesn't feel good to get a legendary, and it should. It should be something that's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they could fix that by preventing duplicates or by offering more shards when it is a duplicate so that you maybe have a better <laughs> chance at getting something with it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't think this is my issue with the Heroes loot boxes. I think there's a lot of other things. I both doing a dance. Yeah, I, just, I just want to say one thing. I opened yeah. an Abathur announcer, which is a legendary, without doing any rerolls, and it my hair. You know those old gaming ads where like they're in the chair playing Atari, and then like their hair is blowing <laughs> back. They're like, "You won't yeah. believe how immersed you are." I was that guy with my hair blowing back, just going like, "Ah, I got the Abathur." Wow. So I will say it does work sometimes that the legendaries, yeah, they pop. You know. And they by the way, you have a lot of hair to do that. You could have a really epic hair back thing going. In fact, yeah. you should do some fun stuff with some like really hardcore gel just for goofing around. You could do some cool stuff. I really suck at that kind of stuff, like grooming. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not good with this. Like basic cleaning and maintaining my body and hair. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, it's all yeah. Blue, blue fuzz on the soap. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. Uh, he wasn't just thinking outside of the box. He was thinking outside of the loot box. There you go, Joshua. That's your email. Thanks yeah. so much for listening and sending in your email. It's much appreciated. By the way, if you'd like to do your own, heroesforyou at gmail.com. Sorry, wrong. Core at heroesforyou.com. I did that wrong. Core at heroesforyou.com is the email address. Now, if you'd like to support this show, and I know that you do, you want to help us out and keep it on the air and keep it rad and keep cool stuff happening and new things happening, 
like your own Dear Martha letter once a month in the mail. Patreon.com slash core show. That's patreon.com slash core show. I'll say it one more time for those who are slow. Patreon.com slash core show. I didn't mean that in a rude way. <laughs> yeah, well. Let's rethink that one. Slash, yeah, we'll, we'll workshop that. Uh, Patreon.com slash core show. Heroesforyou.com is our website. And as always, uh, you can find us on Twitter, John underscore Jagger for John. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. And you can find the show at Core Heroes. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.